Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker. Thank you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. However, today it's a frustrating place for me because I just learned that our guest, Paul Blackthorne, had to make an unexpected trip from California to New York, and he's probably either up in the air now in a plane or just now arriving at his destination in the Big Apple. He sent word through his publicist, though, that he feels bad about disappointing us and would like to schedule another time to be on our show. So I'm trying to set things up for uh, this Thursday. You know, when you're doing a live show, this type of thing happens, and you just have to go with the flow. So what I would like to do is tell you why I'm so eager to have Paul as a guest and then share with you my reviews of two Oscar-nominated films that I highly recommend, The Artist and uh, War Horse. Also, we have some good news about independent filmmaker Gary King's upcoming movie musical that some of our listeners have helped to fund. And we also have a random drawing for a Valentine's Day book giveaway that starts today. So I hope you'll stay with us for the rest of the show. But first, let's check with Nikki Starr to find out if all systems are going in the chat room. Nikki, is the chat open and ready for listeners to uh, sign in? It is, and we're ready to go. Excellent, Nikki. We really appreciate our chatters and our other listeners, of course. Uh, Nikki, I really hope we can book Paul Blackthorne soon. He's such a fascinating guy. Here's the background information that intrigued me into scheduling him for our show. He's one of the stars of ABC's new series, The River, which is premiering tonight on TV. And among his acting credits are playing a key role in the Academy Award-nominated movie Lagan, as well as on such hit television series as The Dresden Files, 24, The Gates, Lipstick, Leverage, and white collar. Now, the first time I saw Paul was in uh, the Dresden Files, and uh, he had, of course, the leading role in that series, and he was just great in that. And then I saw him in 24, where he played the villain Stephen Saunders, and he is terrific at playing bad guys, just as just as good as he is as a, as a hero. So I'm really, really psyched up for the river. And reviewers are calling it a chilling supernatural journey. Now, here's what the uh, PR is about uh, the river. It follows the story of famed wildlife explorer and TV personality, Dr. Emmett Cole, played by Bruce Greenwood. He's one of my favorites, too, who went looking for magic deep in the uncharted Amazon and never returned. An enigma to his son, Lincoln, Dr. Cole's emergency beacon, suddenly goes off six months after he vanished, 
urging his wife, Tess, played by Leslie Hope. I think she was Jack Bauer's uh, first uh, love interest in 24. Anyway, the Beacon um, requests that Tess and the son go search for him. And so to fund the rescue, they agree to let Dr. Cole's KGX producer, Clark, and that's the character played by Paul Blackthorne, film the mission documentary style to discover the shocking truth about his disappearance. So, dear listeners, check your TV listings tonight for the time and channel for the river. I should also mention that that Paul has a philanthropic side. He holds uh, photographic exhibitions in London to raise money for worthy causes. And one of his most recent exhibitions, Bollywood Backpack, that's an interesting name for an exhibition, showcased his photos um, from during the aftermath of an earthquake in Lagan while he was there uh, filming. And he donated the money raised to the British Red Cross uh, for earthquake relief efforts. For more information about this talented British actor, go to his site, and here is the link. It's www.paulblackthorne.com. And Blackthorn is spelled B-L-A-C-K-T-H-O-R-N-E. So that's www.paulblackthorne.com. Now, I'd like to take some time to explain our Valentine's Day book drawing, which begins today, a week before Valentine's Day, and it will run through Friday, February 17th. We'll be giving away copies of the ebook edition of It Had to Be Us, the award-winning romantic memoir my husband and I co-wrote under the pseudonyms of Harry and Elizabeth Lawrence. One reader called our book the Valentine Book of the Year when it was first released, which, of course, made us very happy. It's an emotional story, yes, but also very humorous and very, very romantic. Um, Nikki, I think you've read It Had to Be Us, so... Um, you might make a little comment about it if you're if you're not multitasking right now. Nikki is multitasking. She did have time uh, a problem getting into the to the show today too, so she may be having technical difficulties. But anyway, dear listeners, if you would like to participate in this drawing, just send me an email at realtalk at comcast dot net. That's R-E-E-L-T-A-L-K at Comcast.net. And put book drawing in the subject area, then I'll add your name to the drawing, and the winners will be notified during the weekend following Valentine's Day. Now, here's the good news from Gary King. You might remember Gary was a guest on our show a couple of years ago. He was trying to raise money to make a a a movie musical called How do you write a Joe Sherman song? Well, many of our listeners helped him raise the money, and he did reach his goal, and the the movie is uh, completed. I think they're just doing uh, some final editing and kind of uh, tidying things up a bit. And he now has an official trailer up that is really fantastic. And so here's the message that came from from Gary King. He says, hey, everyone, we've just finished our official trailer. Check it out here, and I'm going to give you the the link, and then I'm going to ask uh, 
I'm going to ask uh, Nikki to put the link in the chat room so that you can check it out. It's HTTP colon slash slash V as in Victor, I, M as in Mark, E, O, dot com slash 359-80212. That's HTTP colon slash slash V I M E O dot com slash three five nine eight zero two one two, and and here's the rest of of Gary's message. We're excited for the film festival interest we've already received, and can't wait to share our screening news as soon as we're allowed to make it public. In the meantime, we've ordered our posters and are finalizing our official soundtrack for both the CD and digital download. We are about halfway through editing all our special features, behind-the-scenes footage, footage, and for the special edition DVD. So he said, please post this trailer on your Facebook or Twitter page, as we'd love to have as many eyeballs on it as possible. That way we can get more festival interest and bring the film to your town. Thank you again for all your tremendous generosity and support, Gary. So that's the message sent out to the Movie Attic Headquarters listeners and uh, especially to the ones who helped uh, fund the film. I'm really excited about the trailer because when Gary was on the show, he said that he would uh, he would include some tap dancing in the movie, and especially for me. And when you'll when you see the trailer, you'll note that <laughs> there is some tap dancing in the movie. Hooray! <laughs> and speaking of musicals. I'd like to take this opportunity to plug NBC's new musical series, Smash, which started last night. I was not expecting this this show to be so fantastic and so fabulous. Evidently, it's it was a very expensive pilot to film, and uh, it really shows because the production values, the performances, it's about a group making um, – a musical comedy about Marilyn Monroe and um, the two two young women who are vying for the part of Marilyn. And uh, Catherine McPhee from American Idol is one of the of the young women. And Megan Hilty, I guess, who's a Broadway star now, who was in Wicked on Broadway and also in uh, in, nine, in the Broadway version of Nine to Five. It's just it's just really an entertaining series. I hope they can keep up the good, the high quality that that they got in the pilot. So so that's uh, showing on Monday nights. And again, you'll have to check your TV schedule uh, for the, the time in your area. Okay, now let's turn to Warhorse and the artist. Two Oscar nominees for Best Picture of 2011. Both of these films made it to my top ten list, and I'm very happy to tell you why by reading reviews posted on uh, realtalkreviews.com. That's where m- most of my reviews are posted. Regarding Warhorse, my review is really a letter to Steven Spielberg, and here's what I wrote. Darn you, Steven Spielberg. You made me cry again. And I hate to do that in a movie. War Horse had me blubbering like a little baby. Yes, it's a wonderful film, but I wish you had toned things down a bit. 
Although a few days have gone by since seeing War Horse on Christmas Day, I still get teary-eyed thinking about the terrible suffering of Joey, that magnificent title animal sold to the cavalry in World War I. Thank you, though, for reminding us that war is hell, especially for horses. I have to confess my worries upon hearing of your decision to direct a film treatment of Michael Morpurgo's novel in which Joey narrates his own story. Even though an award-winning play based on the book has, all, has been quite successful, I shouldn't have been concerned, for you picked a cinematographer who knows all the right camera tricks to show us battlefield horrors, as well as human behavior at its best and worst. I realize Janice Kaminsky has worked with you before and won two Oscars, one for Saving Private Ryan and the other for Schindler's List for his efforts, but he really outdid himself with War Horse. There's one particular scene that ends up on my list of best camera shots ever. You must know the one, Stephen, that I'm talking about. It's when Joey's eye fills practically the entire screen with the image of a young girl entering the barn, reflected there. It's awesome. And you had to be pleased with Lee Hall and Richard Curtis for giving you a screenplay filled with emotionally charged scenes showing how much Albert, the British lad who trained Joey, cared for this beautiful horse, as well as the way various soldiers treated him as he made his dangerous way through those bloody European battlegrounds. Cast members didn't let you down either, did they? Young Irvine earns uh, our empathy right away with his sensitive behavior toward Joey, despite his troubled father's sometimes misguided interference. Emily Watson simply couldn't be better as the long-suffering wife and mother trying to keep things together during extremely hard scrabble times. Celine Buckens, in her movie debut as a darling French youngster who hides Joey from German troops, simply captivated me. And Niels Aristrup, as her loving grandfather, also delivers a standout performance here. So, congratulations, Mr. Spielberg. However, don't be surprised if you get a bill from me for all the tissues I've had to use watching War Horse and thinking about it afterwards. Well, you can ask John Williams to pay half. As always, his background music adds to the emotional weight of what's happening on screen. But you already knew that. Right? Sincerely, Betty Jo Tucker. So I hope that encourages some of you to see War Horse. And I hope that movie fans get a chance to see uh, the artist. So I'm going to, uh, to let you know why I was so impressed by this film. So here's the review that I posted on Real Talk Movie Reviews. The Artist, a mostly silent black-and-white film, has already won numerous awards and is one of the year's Best Picture Oscar nominees. Paying tribute to silent movies, this charming motion picture boasts an un unpretentious plot about an iconic actor of the silent era who refuses to adapt to the talkies. It also focuses on the man's relationship with a spirited young woman whose star rises as his falls, kind of like singing in the rain meets a star is born. Jean Dujardin and Berenice Bejo, French actors, fit their parts perfectly here. And in my opinion, the artist 
boasts the best ending of the year. It's definitely a must-see, especially for fans of tap dancing. Here's hoping that mainstream audiences don't stay away from a wonderful movie like this because it lacks audio conversations and is filmed in black and white. The involving story, cinematic artistry, and compelling performances we look for in high-quality filmmaking are much in evidence here, as are humor, pathos, drama, plus a clever canine to capture your heart. A jazzy background score enhances the action during appropriate sequences, while different types of music give the film an emotional boost in others. Also, the dialogue cards help viewers go back in time to an earlier era of filmmaking. The artist offers a unique cinematic experience in an age when extremely loud sound effects insult our eardrums while watching so many current movies. Silent films in days of yore seem to target the funny bone and the heart, but many contemporary movies appear more interested in shock and awe. That may, may be one of the reasons I appreciate the artist so much. Nothing about this film interferes with Jean Dujardin's ability to express his feelings as George Valentin, the title character. It's ironic that Dujardin was once told he couldn't be a movie star because his face is too expressive. That reminds me of Norman Desmond saying, we had faces then in Sunset Boulevard. We meet George at the peak of his success in the 1920s. He loves to ham it up for fans and press at the end of premieres, lives in luxury with his wife, played by Penelope Ann Miller, and dotes on his cute dog, Uggy, who also acts. Peppy Miller, played by B. Joe, is one of George's admirers, and they first meet accidentally after one of his premieres. Although the two only exchange provocative glances, Peppy develops feelings for George right away. Even when George is suffering the depths of despair over his fall from stardom, as well as his divorce and dire financial straits, Peppy keeps taps on him. During the same period, she becomes a popular star in movie musicals. However, she never forgets George. Yes, the ending is predictable, but watching how these two finally get together is pure cinematic pleasure. Bejo can't miss winning everyone over with her delightful portrayal of the energetic Peppy Miller. The camera loves this beautiful actress who, like Dujardin, has a very expressive face. Her big eyes register all kinds of emotions, and her tap dancing matches Ruby Keeler's enthusiastic hoofing in those early movie musicals like 42nd Street. With his unusual movie masterpiece, director, screenwriter Michael has an avicious proves he is an artist himself. I hope most movie fans get a chance to see these two films before they leave the multiplexes, Nikki, because they need to be seen on the big screen for full impact. Nikki, are you back now? I think you had a little bit of trouble. Are you, are you back in the chat room? Evidently, we are. There she is. There she is. Did I did I did I make you want to see Warhorse and the artist? Oh, oh yes. I, I I'm kind of up in the air about the artist, but I'll go. I'll see it. I will. Yes, I think you you should. I really do worry about that film because I can't. Every time I mention it to um, to my relatives and friends, 
and tell them how great it is, they say, oh, I don't want to see a, a silent mm-hmm. movie. I don't want to see a movie in black right. and white. So, so I'm just afraid that it's not going to do very well at the at the box office. But I think it is um, it is the front runner in terms of of the uh, of, of winning best best picture, and I wouldn't be disappointed if it if it is. But um, but I did I do want to do my bit. Uh, to spread the word about those two films because I think they, they're they just uh, something special. Well, I was thinking because our guest didn't uh, wasn't able to show up today that uh, that we, we would have a little shorter um, program than we mm-hmm. usually do, but I think we do have time to go over what's coming up on Movie Attic Headquarters during the rest of uh, February. So um, let me just run through that. On February 14th, and of course that's next Tuesday, Valentine's Day, Romance Revisited is the name of the game with Kimberly Potts, author of Everything I Need to Know, I Learned from a Chick Flick, and film critic Diana Sanger discussing great love stories on film. And then on February 21st, actor Russell Hornsby from NBC's uh, Grimm, which is one of my favorite uh, new series on television. Uh, And he's also starred in movies like Big Fat Liar and Get Rich or Die Tryin' will be our guest. Now, we may have the same problem with Russell that we've had with with Paul Blackthorne because um, Russell has said he, he very much wants to be with us, but everything will depend on his shooting schedule. And then on the last Tuesday of February, February 28th, this is two days after, that will be two days after the Oscar ceremony. Uh, the topic will be Oscar's best and worst moments, and we'll have a roundtable discussion with A.J. Hockery, the mad movie man, Barry Monish, author, editor of the latest Green World volume, Diana Sanger, founder, editor of Classic Movie Guide, and film historian James Colt Harrison. That uh, looks like a fascinating discussion. Don't you agree, uh, Nikki? Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> that one. I can't wait for that one either. And February is an exciting month indeed. And before today's show ends, I want to thank Rex Sykes for interviewing me on his Movie Beat radio show last Thursday. It was such fun talking for with Rex for an hour and a half. Can you believe that? I wow. think my attention span is 40, 45 <laughs> minutes, but we just uh, he just kept me on for an hour and a half, and I enjoyed every minute of it. So, uh, listeners, check the BTR Movie Beat, that's B-E-A-T, archives if you'd like to hear our conversation. Well, Nikki, unless you have any comments or things to announce, I think we'll we'll wrap things up. So I'm going to give you give you a chance here to uh, to put in your two cents worth. I think I'm done, and um, I think you did great. Sorry about the technical issues, and uh, can't yeah. wait for next week. <laughs> That's right. Next week should be uh, should be a, a great show, and uh, it although it is a uh, it's a re- uh, replay. We will have a live chat, and we will have the uh-huh. uh, the Valentine's Day uh, book giveaway. So I hope everyone will come back then. Okay, then. I see it's time to wrap things up now. So this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support and to our producer extraordinaire, Nikki Starr, for all her help. 
as well as to our chatters and other listeners. I hope everyone enjoyed the show. We are sorry that uh, Paul Blackthorne wasn't able to be here, but we are continuing to uh, to try to reschedule him. I'm working for this uh, Thursday, so everybody keep your fingers crossed, and um, we'll we'll let you know. We'll get the word out as soon as we know for sure if he's coming, uh, and that would be a special show on Thursday. So in the meantime, don't you forget to check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks. And because it's because Valentine's Day is almost here, let's close the show with one of my favorite love songs. Here's Brian Ferry with As Time Goes By. Sigh. Kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by And when two lovers move They still say I love you On that you can rely no matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love songs Never out of day Hearts full of passion Jealousy and hate Woman needs man And man must have his name That no one Still the same old story A fight for love and glory A case of do or die The world will always welcome lovers As time goes by Oh, <laughs>